Hey everyone, welcome to Trends and Tings, where we bring you real chats on what's buzzing on this week's show. Well, the Emmys, they're back in action yesterday, and as always, it produces a ton of buzz. So we're going to be chatting through the winners, the losers for all the big awards, like Best Comedy, Drama, and also Limited Series. Plus, we chat the lack of diversity in the winners, but not necessarily in the nominees, and all the little juicy side plots that came with it. Also, Nicki Minaj, well, she's she's back in the news for all the wrong reasons with some anti-COVID vaccine discussion. So we're going to be breaking down what exactly she said, her infamous cousin, and if she's got a point with all of the stuff she's been saying. As always, a very big welcome to the show to you. My name is Gordon and joined by Scotty. Mate, welcome. The weekends are slowly changing. It's been a, you know, and I guess a continuous chatter point in the last few weeks that our weekends have been very much consumed of the same stuff <laughs> pretty much uh but you know think, some restrictions easing slowly it's yeah yeah i think there's been like a nice diversity now that you can have a picnic um <laughs> it's it's weird that everything needs to be labeled here in new south wales mm. we have picnic day and then we're gonna have freedom day and then i'm sure freedom day should actually be called pub day but it's just weird that <laughs> yeah. everything needs to be like like earmarked as like a, a big event i feel like it's but, such a western thing don't you think like it's in England, it was Freedom Day. Here, it's sort of got this pub day ring to it. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's exactly. got to have this little label uh, attached yeah. to it. Whilst, honestly, if I was talking to I feel like this was happening in, in other parts of the world, especially if I was talking to my mum or dad, right? Traditional mm-hmm. Indian parents. They'd be just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's the day that we have some restrictions at ease. That's it. Get on with you. Get on with it's, your job. <laughs> the way I've sort of been interpreting it is we've been so deprived of like milestones and big events and like just excitement of our life. We need to mm. feed that back in with these man, picnic day is going to be lit. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get some sun, <laughs> maybe have a tinny. Oh. And then, but if you spoke yeah. to yourself like three years ago and you said that was like your plan, you're like, mate, you are, oh, man. You've, you've lost it. This is a sad day for you. You would so. actually be just in denial. Hey, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this hectic picnic I'm having. And we're saying off off, uh, off the recording, just before we started today, Scotty, it's got a real 80s buzz to it. You oh, know, it does, like definitely. pre fine dinings, you know, the Benelongs and fancy restaurants and the pub feeds. I feel like this, is this what people did? Is this what, is this what the boomers did? Do they take some fish and chips, go out to the park and 100%. just sit there at like 4 PM and cop a few rays. Is this, is this what yeah. life was like? Maybe that's why they've called it picnic day because look, I mean, everyone who leads our country are from that era. <laughs> They're like, this is a throwback. It's throwback. actually just a big scheme to just go yeah. back to their glory days of like, you know, being 20 in the 80s and living life <laughs> at the fullest. So look, it is good to have some restrictions ease, but Scotty, obviously massive episode. And of course, the Emmys have been dominating yes. chat over the last, uh, you know, day or so. And lots of buzz, I think, you know, around it. We've been confined to our homes for many parts of Australia. So we've no doubt consumed a lot of a lot of media and tv shows well that's what i think probably one of the very few benefits of lockdown is you've had the opportunity to consume probably more media than you have Mm. in any calendar year like i've watched uh and also you've probably like signed up to so many streaming platforms i think i've nearly got how many you on how many you reckon you're on at the moment uh i think four Mm. actually which ones you got which ones are you signed up to? let's do let's do this we've got stan Mm. netflix Mm -hmm um binge and oh what's the disney plus okay yep yep we're on what do we have here we've got we just recently signed up to apple tv or apple right, plus okay. whatever that one whatever their fuck i didn't even know they, they had one it. i didn't even know they had one news to <laughs> yeah. me uh and i think i yeah we got disney plus which to be honest i don't know really why i've got it at the moment i've sort of been watching the marvel stuff come out but 
aside from yeah. that, hasn't been using it. Obviously, Netflix and Stan. Uh, binge, we had, but sort of I've been in and out of watching. Uh, and I know if I, you know, it's looking over some of the lists of the the names of TV shows that were nominated across some of the categories. And if you look yeah. at sort of the 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 ones that are in the nominations, like most of them are covered across those. I would say binge, Stan, Netflix. Maybe not even Stan. Stan's got a few of the Aussie classics and stuff. Yeah, definitely. But binge has obviously got HBO, if I'm correct, the Foxtel platform, yeah, right? Yeah, it's got the Foxtel stuff. So they've yes. got heaps of good stuff with HBO. Netflix, of course, got heaps of bumper series. Amazon Prime and, and Apple TV seem to be coming out with some some winners. So I think they're the ones to watch out for. But Scotty, I just before we get into the Emmys, I want to ask you this. When, when does it end? How many platforms do you need to be signed up for? Because... We're getting to that point. I feel like what do you, you said four four um four different four networks, platforms. right? So you're paying yeah, forty yeah. fifty bucks a month. It that's a, that's Foxtel. That's Foxtel pricing back in the day. Yeah, I feel like Foxtel. You know, you have access to what like a hundred channels. It's something like ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, stupid amounts. Yeah, crazy amount of content. I think it's. I don't know when it's too much, but I think we're mm, almost there. We're like, close because there's Paramount Plus as well. Paramount yeah, yeah, something, you're right. You know, just like. Leave me alone. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I found really hard about the Emmys as well. It's like you have to be really across all the mm. platforms to actually get a good scope of who was nominated. And look, to be honest, some of these nominees um, across these different genres, I'm like, oh, you know, like I've kind of heard about it, mm. but I don't have that particular platform. Am I going to pay yeah. the 13, 15 bucks a month just to watch that one show? Mm. And, and I'm not there. What happened to 10 and 9 and 7? <laughs> what happened to the media bargaining deals where they got all these, yeah. where they got the rights to all these shows and I didn't have to pay a cent? Now That's I'm the thing, chum right? Uh, you're the out. chum, mate. They, they've got you. They've gone, all right, we don't need the middleman of, you know, the free-to-air networks and stuff like that, which is, and, you know, if you look at it, the reality TV sort of phenomenon is still big, but I feel like, especially with COVID, right, everyone wants stuff on demand. You want to watch yeah, it when you exactly. have comfort, the time of comfort to watch it. And reality TV hits when I feel like you watch it live and you, people are tweeting about it. It's got that energy to it, right? But now, like, The Bachelor's had a terrible year. All the yes. Even Survivor. I was a, I'm a big Survivor fan, but I really didn't get into any of the buzz. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe the, the you know, free-to-air networks, the you know, years are a bit numbered for them with all these platforms Whoa. just going, you know what, Days fuck you guys, fuck you Channel 9, fuck you Channel 10. We're going to release our own platform, um, <laughs> which is interesting, right? Because, yeah, if we look at, you know, some of the the, award, the some of the categories where what, comedy, drama, and what was it, limited series were well, the limited big, series. The big ones? Yeah, like the big one. ones. Yeah, like, I mean, like, uh, obviously, like, within those seri- uh, genres, sorry, there was, you know, leading actor and actress and writer yeah, and yeah. whatnot. But comedy, drama, and limited series were kind of the big ones. They had stuff for reality uh, TV as well, but I think they already had announced that winner prior to the awards uh, yesterday. Mm. Today, sorry. Well, today's Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're recording. Uh, but yeah, look, yeah. three big genre, uh, genres they covered, and I kind of do want to run through them because I'm a bit surprised. You know, this is like the first year watching or catching win of the Emmys where I had some stake. I had some skin in the game because I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I watched that show. Mm. Definitely strong contender. Got to win it. Yeah. Actually didn't win yeah. it. Bit, bit devo. Rinse and repeat. And that's basically yeah. be my whole Emmys experience. Mm. I want to talk about comedy first because okay. comedy is kind of where it's got me uh, a little bit annoyed okay. to start off with mm-hmm. because uh, you've probably caught that Ted Lasso one, mm. right? Yes. The uh, Apple TV plus Apple TV whatever the show yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was my kind of point earlier about it's the one show that I've heard people buzz about for like weeks. Mm. 
but because it's on Apple TV, yeah. I don't want to chip in the money for it. Yeah. Um, other like nominees were like Blackish, which I've caught wind of, and it's mm. you know it's actually pretty That's wholesome and also um, poignant as a like a black focused mm. comedy as well. Cobra Kai, I've watched a few episodes, but I feel yeah, like never. it didn't really capture the magic. I was surprised of the... to see that one on the on the comedy li- like as a nominee. Yeah, yeah, I was really surprised too. It it just doesn't capture the same magic I think mm. that um. Karate Kid had as yeah, a, as a yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, Emily in Paris as well. I think you may have caught some it was buzz, on yeah. Netflix. Some buzz, but again, I watched like one or two episodes because yeah. I have it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It didn't hook me. So look, understandably, Ted Lasso's done a lot of rounds and it's it's got some charm to it, I guess. Mm. But I haven't caught wind of it. And I don't know if you've watched it yet because mm. uh, I think you said you've got, you just recently signed yes, up to Apple TV. I just want to know, is it worth the hype? Let I me really tell wanted you, Black-ish. Yeah, look, it's I've heard I, look, I've heard really good things. Admittedly, haven't watched Blackish, uh, oh, but I wouldn't right. I wouldn't have been surprised to see that win because there was a lot of talk about it. The, looking at some of the other ones, there was Hacks on HBO Max. Not super across that. The Kaminsky Method on Amazon. The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. I did catch, which has right, okay. Kelsey Kuko. I think that's her name from Big Bang Theory. She's like the oh, she yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like you know plays the same version of herself basically in that show Perfect. as a flight attendant. It's like a murder mystery. Very surprisingly good like it's funny and sort of deep in the same way it's unexpectedly impressive but i didn't think it was maybe i I thought it could have been a little bit of a dark horse put it that way didn't have big expectations and it over delivered perhaps so yeah yeah, yeah. wasn't surprised but ted lasso after looking at those nominees yeah look i'm sort of a bit disappointed in myself that i've only just started watching this very much on the same reason you're yeah okay you scotty said like Apple TV just cannot be fucked with another platform. Uh, so my partner got it. <laughs> you know, yes. so that was my reason to get uh, to finally watch it. And the reason I did is, I mean, the show for people who haven't, if you haven't watched it, Scotty, you mentioned you have it. Basically, you know, a fo- American football coach gets recruited to coach like this Premier League soccer team. Mm-hmm. So again, as you can imagine, it's all about like the story is about football. Um, and that's it. You would think naturally being a football guy myself, I would have just watched this and consumed it by now. Yeah, of course. And I think they've just finished season two, um, that they were released on Apple TV. Um, yeah. the thing I'll say about this and look, my, my girlfriend, Alana, she hates sport. You know, Scotty, she hates it. She's like, you mate, not into it. Doesn't buy it. Just (laughs) no, thank you. And she somehow loves it even more than me, which says a lot because the show's premise is football. Um, and I like it. I I think it's really smart. It's really well uh, written. Lots of really witty jokes. Uh, so, you know, I think if like down some of that Rick and Morty line, not doesn't get that hectic, but very smart comedy. It's not just cheap gags. Uh, and and look, this Ted Lasso character, Jason Sudeikis, who's the main character, the coach, Mm -hmm. he plays this sort of like, you originally think a bit of an obnoxious, ignorant, southern american coach yeah uh, and the show sort of goes down a very unexpected way in a very good way like it goes down an unexpected fork in the road but in a positive way so very wholesome content the yeah, biggest okay. and i look i'm not one for you know all these wholesome moment after wholesome moment we we know i like my murder mysteries my whodunits that's pretty grim grim shit <laughs> so yeah, yeah. i was shocked with how much i liked it and how much i guess uh, they play into sort of you know different themes. It's surprisingly not necessarily about the football, as many shows are. Right? It's about the characters, and and you fall in love with the characters of the show, and how sort of I guess just positive and good they are. Which again, you might be listening to this going, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, I don't know if I'm into this. Like, it is very very <laughs> positive and wholesome. So, 
Um, it's worth it, mate. It's worth it. Find some free trial. Surely they've got. It's worth it. Surely they've got something, okay. right? Like running around because I think uh, Jason Sudeikis won. I think best actor or oh, like best, best comedy as well something. for comedy series. Yeah, and yeah, then two of the did. other actor, uh, one actor, one actress. Uh, I can't remember their names right now, but they won supporting uh, supporting awards as well. So, you know, they've had a pre- they had a, they pretty much cleaned up the, the Emmys. Um, so worth a watch, mate. I think if you haven't watched it, it's eight. I think sorry, the first ep- uh, season is about ten episodes, and the second yeah, one's yeah. also about the same. So. Just, just beyond that mini, you know, when you have like a mini series or a limited series, as we'll get to, it's what eight episodes, yeah. give or take. No more eight, eight, six or eight. Yeah, you know, something tiny. small. So this has got that little bit of extra meat onto it. Episodes are only thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes, so okay. a bit right. more consumable. Give it a go. It's I, I very highly recommend it. Look, I will concede if if Blackish didn't win to a comedy that has that nice wholesome and well-written element to it, mm. I'll give Ted, give Ted it a go. A go. And then I'll make my upper yeah. line and see. If I will it really say this deserved. as well before we move on to the next category. Very diverse cast, uh, which great. is great. Yes. Obviously, um, probably from a main character's point of view, not so much. Like the three people who won the awards, all you know, white people. But yeah. aside from that, I think you know, obviously being like a football team in England and in London, uh, there's always obviously going to be a high you know diverse cast. Well, <laughs> if they just if they went with all white guys in the football team, it just would have been. Straight up fake and unrealistic. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they had to get some characters in, and they've got you know a very um, they they take they approach that sort of that side of things very well. It's very modern in the modern sense of comedy. I, I want to ride this idea that I think the Emmys, whoever comes up with the award winners for the Emmys, mm. they must love the UK because I want to jump to the drama series yeah, yeah, and yeah. go straight to the winner because mm-hmm. the Crown won it. And yeah, this is actually. I, Pet peeve there are some is, there are some big names in this category in terms of the nominees as well. Oh, 100%. But the only point I want to make about The Crown is it's about Queen Elizabeth II. Mm. We don't need like another period <laughs> piece. Like we know the history, mate. Uh, I just, we don't need a drama series about this mm-hmm. period of time. It's It feels like such a missed opportunity. Yeah, I feel it. Um, Considering how strong some of the other uh, nominees were. So, Ham, Had, sorry, Handmaid's Tale. Mm. Uh, I've caught the first two seasons. I think Very season popular. three is... Uh, the one that was nominated for this and like, just really interesting from a storytelling mm, perspective and definitely. really um, methodical in how they make you think. The Boys, which I've raved on quite you, a bit. Yeah, you're a fan Amazon of series. It's just such a good take on the superhero genre. That's not tip. It makes fun of it because mm. everyone's over the whole yeah, heroes yeah. are, uh, you know, perfect and can't do wrong. It mm. kind of really flips that narrative on the head. And this is one that my partner kind of got me into is um, Bridgerton. Mm. Uh, she called it. It like maybe two, three. Did you like Bridgerton? Ago. Were you a Bridgerton I did, fan? I did actually enjoy. I it. I tried yeah. to get into it. I, I see the appeal. I see the appeal. You know, especially with the they do those music covers as well, right? Like yeah, they do the old school cover, old school covers of modern music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that right? Yeah, they I make it so. all like uh, Victorian era. That's it. Yeah, style yeah, yeah, music, yeah, yeah. but it, it's like modern stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which they did want to think of like a Beyonce track, and I was like, yeah, is that is that Beyonce? And but look, you know, it's just witty. It's, yeah, it, it the seemed like a, a fun, fleshed fan out. Favorite, yeah. Like, if you're going to do a Victorian era comedy, uh, sorry, drama to win it, why did it not win over The Crown? The mm. Crown just feels, I've caught a glimpse of it. So I'm only going off clips. I haven't watched That's episodes. True. Yep, yep, yep. But it just feels dry. And, and I'm, mm. I'm like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah. Well, as you were saying that and, and looking through some of the other nominees here, The Mandalorian was massive successes oh, and popularity yeah, on Disney Plus. Maybe the most, I mean, Aside from WandaVision, maybe, which also was, I think, heavily nominated in some of the individual 
uh, actresses and yes, actor awards. Yeah. Um, probably one of the the biggest series on Disney Plus to date with the Star Wars franchise coming in. Uh, and Lovecraft Country has been a series I've been actually wanting to check out for a while, um, okay. which I haven't watched. And I believe is sort of like an adaption of some old sort of horror or, or sort of like scary books from the past and stuff type of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which uh, for the life of me, I'm name- forgetting the name of the actor, which I'm annoyed about. But the guy, one of the guys who's the main actor played, had a role in Loki uh, as well. Oh, so okay. he, this was one of the, before he joined that, this was his big call to fame type of thing with a bunch of other uh, shows yeah. and stuff. So that's definitely high on my list. So I've heard people rave. So The Crown, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think you make a good point. Like it, it, there's an opportunity when you like listen to some of those names, big, big sort of productions that have had popularity. It yeah, could go exactly. either way, right? Like there's there's not a massive, like when you're picking the winner, it could go, <laughs> why go down The Crown route when you've possibly been there before? Like yeah, we've been there, done that. I think there's been like a mini, like mini series uh, mm. or movies about <laughs> Victorian area, London or UK. Sorry, mm. let's just move on. But yeah. and, and look, that's it. I'm going to say about drama because I feel like that's probably of the categories I it, saw it cut. the the Emmys um, nominate shows for. I feel like this is where it kind of really fell short. Mm. Yep. Um, and similar with the limited series, I'm a bit conflicted here because again, uh, some really strong. Uh, nominees here. So I may destroy you. One division, which you just mentioned, uh, Mayor of Easttown, the Underground Railroad, a uh, railroad, sorry, and the Queen's Gambit. I'm I'm not sure where I sit with the Queen's Gambit mm. as the winner because it's a good show. I really enjoyed it. You know, there's that kind of nice narrative of a chess prodigy mm. who also mm-hmm. met, like messes with uh, alcohol yep. and drug abuse. Like it's kind of quite a layered show and the cinematography was really good in it. I feel like they Mm, kind of framed everything really nicely. But then also you kind of mentioned WandaVision. I'm like, oh yeah, actually, I really enjoy that. Mm. That, Again, because it's not like that typical superhero thing. It's about dealing with, you know, grief and a real emotional response there. So I'm a little bit uncertain if the Mm. Queen's Gambit is the... The winner here. I may destroy. I haven't watched all of it, but I know. Um, is that good? I haven't seen it myself. Michelle Cole, who uh, acted and wrote the show, yeah, yeah, also wrote about her own experiences with um, sexual assault. There's a deep narrative. To it, yeah, I, there's a deep narrative, and I caught her stuff a few years ago in Chewing Gum, and it's such a diverse show in the sense of it's a uh, <laughs> it's a comedy about a like. Uh, a religious girl who wants to learn about sex and mm. you know there's kind of like they got uh stormzy to appear oh, on it and it's mad. just such a funny show and then what's it called chewing gum chewing gum okay. yeah on the list um i may destroy a really you know harsher narrative and a really stronger drama performance from michelle mm. and i hear that she did really well in it so i feel like was that maybe a good contender to get that top place for limited series could have been well if you look at for me i look at all those those first four that you mentioned mayor of east town yeah absolutely have heard great things about uh, i may destroy you uh my partner alana she's watched it as well she was very, like said it was really intense but really good uh one division yeah. of course you mentioned there queen's gambit i mean look i don't know what the underground railroad is but i'm really interested by it now i feel like i've heard it like i'm trying to remember if i've seen a trailer or something for it or if, like 
Is it a literal show I, about I, an underground? I don't know. I, I'm like, sorry. I almost just like, yeah. Do I want to? Is it like that? You know, SBS show where it's just like the cam, the GoPro on the side of the cap of the train going through the Sahara Desert. <laughs> it's um, just the gun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fuck. That's some good rhythmic shit to watch at you know two a.m. in the morning after yeah, you've yeah. been drinking all night. Um, but no, look, I think I'm I'm sort of with you. I I really like the Queen's Gambit. I found it a very uh, consumable show. If that makes any sense, like yeah, each definitely. episode really it didn't leave you hanging but it definitely left you wanting more and i came away from that really i guess quite happy with how it finished it it tied a lot of loose ends and kept things open to interpretation which i like about any types of film or tv shows if you look at some of the other ones there the only ones i've seen are one division and mayor of east town one division you touched on i think it was really well done and maybe my only thing around one division is i really watched it because i was a marvel person if you weren't, yeah, if gotcha. you're not a Marvel person, maybe the first four episodes take a bit of getting used to where they're playing the sitcom yeah. vibes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. last four episodes, shit just goes wild and it's awesome. Uh, and that Marvel element comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess maybe that was for me. I know it's, it's done really well over the last year or two and had some really big success. So I thought maybe it's had its time to, to sort of win a few awards yeah. and... You know, although the Emmys are obviously the biggest sort of TV awards, I, I think it's had a few wins so far. And then Mayor of Easttown, which of course Evan Peters, who ironically enough was in One Division as well as um, Pietro, like the the, <laughs> the brother of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch, he won an award, which I believe was his first Emmy, and he's done heaps of really good shit. So everyone was really, I think, is really stoked for him to win this award right. finally. But he won it for. Mayor of Easttown as the best supporting actor. And I was supposed to won the vision. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Mayor of Easttown was um what's her name? Uh who's the Titanic? Who what's her name? The the main uh, actress from the take to Titanic. Kate Winslet? Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. She's the main yeah, yeah. she's the main person in that series. Whole who murder mystery who done it. But again, very, very mm-hmm. um a lot of those darker, deeper themes of dealing with loss, like there's a uh, you know, without spoiling it, if you haven't seen it already, there's a, a, a quite an open scene at the start of this series where it plays into dealing with grief and, and loss and stuff like that. So there are similar sort of elements in one division in Mayor of Easttown. And Mayor of Easttown is just like a really good version of a modern murder mystery. Um, yeah, gotcha. With modern gotcha. elements, right? So yeah, when I look at all of them, I'm like, I, I would be happy if all four of those top ones that we mentioned or maybe even underground railroad <laughs> took the goal we'll have to we'll tune in next we'll weekend leave it out there. Um, <laughs> but look I, I mean as someone who you know was in the chess club you know ha- hashtag cool uh back in yes. the in the yeah, primary yeah, yeah. school days um i i liked it i liked uh, the queen's game but i thought it was a surprise to see it win mm-hmm. but i'm not disappointed put it that way like i think it was a good series overall well done yeah a good definition of like a limited release yeah i think of all the shows we kind of touch on in the genres uh, possible you could win and won in the list limited series winner is not as contentious as say like the crown mm. i'm throwing shade at the crown yeah the crown just Get out of make here. way you've done yeah. your part you know the thing is when you have more shows like the crown you limit the diversity you can have in the people oh, who so come right. on screen mm. which that's that was my final point i just Great wanted to point. close this topic with it just felt like cool there were a lot of you know big winners on screen but not a lot of diversity in those like faces and stories mm. that we could have seen there. You know, uh, you know, even this limited series, I may destroy you has a very prominent black, mm. um, 
lead and black storytelling in there. And that would have been really great to see as an acknowledgement of a winner or even like blackish in a comedy sense as well. Yep. So, you know, we're getting there bit by bit, mm. but I just feel like that kind of, you know, we could have done a little bit better in those genres. Yeah. It's definitely, you can see they're making efforts like, which I don't know if it's just a sign if they want to be wokeness type of thing or if they're just playing to of the course. PC narrative, but uh, you know, they're obviously trying to get better at it. So uh, in a way, yeah, absolutely, I agree in terms of, you know, because the nominees, like you said, there were plenty of nominees, uh, you know, from, you know, all types of different uh, mm. backgrounds and, and it was diverse from a nominee's point of view, but obviously from a winner's point of view, I think you make a great point around the crown, which I honestly hadn't even thought of is, yeah, you, you take certain certain uh, parts of history or, you know, certain topics and mm-hmm. you translate that into a film adaption or a TV adaption and you're limited to some degree if you're telling a specific story. There are so many other stories out there like, you know, that you possibly could tell or, or even original ones like Michaela Cole's one. Uh, you know, that's a very specific, intimate story to yeah. her. Um, and look, if there is one positive that I would take out of it is that, you know, she was the first black woman to win Outstanding Writer for a limited yes, anthology yeah, series uh, or, yeah. or, or movie for, for the, drama, uh, the drama show um, I May Destroy You. What I found interesting about her speech is when she accepted the award, she was ex- sort of explaining how, uh, you know, all this experience, and she is obviously a sexual assault survivor, uh, which, you know, as you mentioned, served the, as the inspiration for the series. But she made this point around mm. sort of when you are a, a victim of sexual assault or, or a specific trauma, that it's okay to sort of step away out of the light and just take time to deal with those emotions. I think a lot of, she's obviously come out and, and written this this great TV show about it, but no doubt had some time to just live with mm. the rawness of that moment uh, and the feelings that she had, which I thought was really interesting and really good to hear. You often, she was saying how you often hear the opposite a bit, like come out, speak your truth, do things. Yeah. And she was like, it's all right to go, you know, go inside, be be alone for a bit and, you know, that's fine, uh, which she obviously used as a bit of motivation for this series. So it was great to see her win a gong and win, you know, the, being the first black woman to, to ever win that award. Obviously some some room to to get better, Scotty, in terms of the, the winners. And, <laughs> you know, overall, hopefully we'll see some more, you know, TV shows in the next year with diverse casts. Scotty, here's the thing. COVID, we've been chatting about it for a while. Don't want to keep waving the COVID bandwagon or, or you know, putting fuel in the tank. But we are evolu- not ever the evolution is coming. It's it's the next stage of discussion around COVID is here. I'd like to think anyway. Less about from what I've taken in, uh, you know, people denying COVID. We're seeing it in big numbers here in Australia now, the biggest we've ever seen. People aren't necessarily denying COVID that it's a disease or that it's here, mm. but more changing their tune to being maybe anti-vax or questioning the vaccine or questioning health mandates and stuff like that. And I wanted to talk about a recent story which involved Nicki Minaj and her commenting about this very type of evolution. Yeah, I'm ready discussion. for this. But what are, your, what are your initial thoughts and take on, you know, how that language is, is changing with, you know, COVID mainstream discussion? Yeah, I think you've kind of hit on the head that we've moved past the stage of denying, well, hopefully a lot of people have moved past the stage of denying that COVID's a thing. And now it's this discussion of the what ifs from the Mm -hmm. vaccine. Like, you know, what if I grow a third limb or 
you know, I become, you know, or I have a really adverse <clears throat> reaction to it. You know, what are mm. the possible like shortcomings of the vaccine versus, you know, it's proven to be, you know, like 90% effective or even like 90 plus percent effective mm. against COVID. Let's look at those, like, let's focus on the positive because then that leads us outside of a pandemic world where, um, I can't remember the phrase you used last week, but post COVID or, you know, mm. we're past COVID living with COVID. That's it. We, you know, yep, yep, yep. the better, the easier we can get to living with COVID is having the vaccine. So let's not try and dismantle it with mm. all these little, uh, just weird claims. Which I feel like this is the Nicki Minaj this... thing. It's just such a weird claim to have. Oh, it's out there, but it's been dominating, right? It's been dominating the media and the news over the last yeah. few days, especially over the weekend. And look, if you're not across it, basically Nicki Minaj came out last week. She tweeted about the vaccines to her no no short uh, amount here, 22.6 million followers on Twitter. Peanuts, uh, Just a yeah. small amount there. Um, she said, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. Now, this thing, as you can imagine, Nicki Minaj, she definitely <laughs> tweets a lot, so it's not like she yeah, just yeah, put yeah. a random tweet out here. Um, and she went on to say his friend uh, was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl's caught off the wedding. So just pray on it. Make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. So it's not necessarily anti-vax in the sense of her going out there and saying, don't get the vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily pro-vaccine either, right? Obviously. So this is all played out. And obviously a lot of experts have come out and said COVID-19 vaccines are completely safe. It will not cause swollen testicles or impotence <laughs> um and you know yeah. there was a part around Nicki Minaj not attending the Met Gala last week as well because she's not double vaccinated yet so you can see she's sitting on that fence there obviously not too sure about the whole thing and maybe the big part is it's maybe completely fine to think that that might be a side effect for some reason but then to tweet it out to 22 23 million followers on on Twitter is a big next step um, so what do you make of it, Scotty? What do you make of this this little tweeting fiasco that's gone on? Do you think it's fair game if people are sort of unsure about things like the vaccine to come out and say these things? Or, you know, like, we, I don't know if you caught this, but Western Sydney Health, the official, oh, you know, uh, social accounts represent. came out and just <laughs> yeah. tore a new one, you know, saying like, please, we'll leave the wrapping to you, Nicki Minaj, if you leave the medicine to doctors and scientists. And that, of course, went a bit viral itself. But what do you make of it? What do you make of this whole fiasco it's just such a weird thing it's i feel like it's like the equivalent of like texting while you're drunk when the next day you know you're going to regret it like at the time it sounds pretty good like yeah you know i'm just i'm going to reconnect with someone or i'm going to bleed my heart out and then the next day you're like oh that's actually just a lot of junk i've just put out there Mm. it's a weird claim i think what i imagine people should be doing is if you're met with claims that you think just might not sit well with people like talk to your doctor or talk to someone about it before you go and proclaim it as a potential side effect and contribute to um, the misinformation out there. Cause that's, that's the kind of thing we have with this pandemic. There's two waves of it. There's this pandemic where, you know, there's a life threatening disease out there. And then there's like a pandemic of misinformation where, you know, people are proposing like, you know, medicine for horse as mm. treatments or, you know, all these put detergent in your blood and that that might work so it just feels like in the realm of just think a little bit before you tweet because you know that you're actually just going to contribute to a lot of doubt and uncertainty people already have about a vaccine that isn't 
like universally accepted yet. There's still holes that people are trying to poke mm. at it to try and find a reason not to get it. Yeah. And um, yeah. Look, to, to confirm what every, everyone's, if you're thinking it, it, completely false, right? The claims have been proved. Uh, all these doctors and people have come out on the back of this to sort of say, you know, we've we, this is all completely false. We've used time to now prove this false claim. It's sort of frustrating because... On the other side uh, of these claims, right? And I think in a way, we should always have that ability to question anything, right? Like and of say, course, and yeah. ask these questions. Say, is it safe? Is it, uh, you know, a thing that I should consider, et cetera? And what I found out around it was the Trinidad and Tobago's health minister, Terence Delia Singh, he came out and sort of said, no side effects, no adverse effects that, you know, Nicki Minaj has mentioned. Well, the interesting part around it is he said, we, you know, we take this quite seriously. So, Whenever someone comes out, especially, you know, Nicki Minaj with 22 million followers and mm-hmm. says something like this or makes a claim, we take it very seriously. We we have to then, you know, go to our efforts to either prove or disprove the claim or, or research it. We have to put resource towards that claim. Yeah. And it's not just disproving it in this case, but it's actually trying to go, okay, she, no doubt got heaps of response from that from people. And now we've got to go and, and put out extra information, do extra content, do extra interviews to prove that this is not true. You know, quash it. Nip and that's it the, the thing. But the thing is, they don't have the reach that Nikki oh. has. So even if they do the the work, prove that it's not wrong. Say they've only got half a million followers. You're not going to reach the same audience that Nikki has hit. So it's just, mm. it seems kind of like hard to to combat it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, well, not the funny thing, but the, the sad thing, in fact, is that some analysis from... Uh, People, or patients who have died from COVID uh, have actually, there have been some traces of uh, testicular swelling is the nice, you know, non-picturesque really? term that they've, right, they've put okay. for this. Uh, you know, who have, you know, I think it was some report here that I've got uh, from a, a doctor who wrote an article for The Conversation. It says here, you know, an analysis of testicular tissue was taken from six men who died from COVID-19, showed the, pres- uh, the presence of the virus in one of the men whilst three showed a decreased sperm count. So sure, okay. in, in any fact, it's actually if you get COVID, there is some, if anything, there is some sort of science that suggests that you could suffer from the things Nicki Minaj is right. potentially saying and accusing that you could receive from the vaccine, which I think is quite interesting, right? Like it's it's a lot of the conversation, which is sort of, been around with the vaccine it's like would you rather get the vaccine and get the side effects of the vaccine or would you rather get covid and face more real side effects it's and but that's the thing it's like it's also that we know that the side effects or even like the symptoms of covid will far outweigh anything you could potentially get from the vaccine you know they saw like the um people who have covid have now long-term respiratory issues or you know potentially like um, brain complications it's not like a cold where it's like oh cool after a few months i'll get over it and be my normal self mm. some people who have received who have um, suffered from covid are now facing like long-term consequences where the vaccines just um, even some of these adverse effects for like a majority of people there's obviously people who have health complications and the vaccine is harder to deal with but for like the vast majority of the population they're really small adverse like nothing side effects. You get over them in a few weeks. Yeah. The, uh, the thing I want to close with is on this topic, Scotty, is this. And it's, you know, over, over the weekend, we saw some uh, freedom protests again popping up in Melbourne. Oh, we did, we did. Uh, and, you know, as frustrating as it is, I think the government needs a new marketing 
piece of marketing material for these guys yeah. because you know I saw a lot of tracksuit wearing dudes got their full drip on wearing their Nikes you know blah 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 the TNs and on the back of this study Scotty uh, research has showed uh, that COVID-19 can cause extreme erectile dysfunction uh, likely due to the disease causing reduced blood cells to the penis so guys Albo ScoMo just Come on. J- just skew it sh- slightly Right, make it more about the extreme erectile dysfunction, and I reckon within a week or two, a lot of these freedom protesters will be going, "Sign me up, mate." Which where do I got to go? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Get me out of these yeah. vaccines. It's all about their manhood. <laughs> quite, quite could be to be honest. Uh, but look, it's a really interesting story. I think you know we'll check up a, a link, uh, Scotty, in the show notes to a really great article, uh, and it's a series called the RMIT uh, ABC Fact Check. It's a e- weekly email newsletter dedicated to fighting all misinformation on the mm-hmm. what they call infodemic surrounding the coronavirus outbreak. Great little uh, commentary on this Nicki Minaj topic. So if you want to get more details, a lot of the stuff that I've mentioned here is all included in that article, which is a great little summary of just proving some of the claims you might be on the fence about sometimes, or you might have friends with who are on the fence about that you can go, here's some real data to, to back up what you're saying. So great little find there, I think. But Scotty, Emmy's done for another year. I'm sure the tweeting from Nicki Minaj won't stop. That will probably continue long into the future. But, uh, you know, thank you so much for listening. As always, Scotty, Thursday, we've got our Trends and Tings, What We're Vibing show. Big episode yes, we last do. week with BYs, but we're back to our normal programming this week. Yeah, I mean, you say normal, but it's like three weeks in. And <laughs> I guess, you know, what people can expect from a, a typical what we're vibing episode lots of spicy suggestions coming up for your thursday morning so stay tuned for that but thank you so much for listening in trends and tings on instagram and twitter for all our socials and of course patreon.com forward slash trends and tings if you want to support the show but of course it's always going to be free it's always going to be out here for you guys so really appreciate you tuning in we'll catch you on thursday see everyone